Welcome to Inside, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. In this week's edition of Insight, we pull on our Dr. Martens, affix safety pins to our jeans, spread the hair gel back into our mohawks, and put never mind the bollocks on the record player. Is it anarchy in the UK after a failure to RSVP makes the AUB, PSC, JV, DOA? Brokers are mouthing the words to pretty vacant to CGU, upset about the loss of commissions on crop cover. There was going to be a joke about brokers and crop tops, but it didn't fit. The ICA belts out problems, a lesser known Sex Pistols track, but it fits. Problems, it seems, about the future of cyber insurance. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by senior journalist Benice Sid Vicious Han, deputy editor Wendy Nancy Spungen, Pew, editor Johnny Rotten Deeks, and chairman Terry Malcolm McLaren. McMullen. Hi, Benice. Hi, Andrew. Was punk your scene, Benice? Oh, sorry, not my brain's not falling this morning. Sorry. Sorry. It's too fast. Sorry, sorry. You were out with Terry last night, clearly. <laughs> sorry. All right, hello, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. I feel like I already know the answer to this, but what about you, Wendy? Was punk your scene? <laughs> um, no, it wasn't, Andrew. You're probably right in your thinking. <laughs> <laughs> hello, John. Hello. All of this talk of the UK and there's no cricket to discuss. Oh, it's coming soon though, isn't it? It's coming soon. <laughs> sure is. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Do you relate to the Malcolm McLaren reference? Absolutely. Yes, thank you. I, I feel like this morning, like an impresario, so uh, I'll stick with it. Excellent. Well, Wendy, the much-talked-about UK joint venture between AUB and PSC isn't going ahead, as we reported last week. What happened and what does it mean? Well, the plan for that was announced in May last year when AUB said it was acquiring Lloyd's Wholesale Broker Tyres in the UK. And that business also included some retail brokerages, which it said it was going to separate out into a joint venture with PSC, which is already familiar with the UK market because it has brokerages there itself. But as the negotiations went on, it seems that... um, PSC ultimately wanted that joint venture to become an arrangement where it took full control. AUB didn't want that. And so the parties have dropped the joint venture altogether and AUB will retain full ownership. So it's now completed an equity raising to make up for the $100 million it would have received for selling part of that Tizers business to PSC and they'll, they'll uh, go their own ways. John, every time we mention Tizers, does it make you want to have a carbonated soft drink? I was never very familiar with that one. All right. Before your time. Well, presumably, Terry, both companies will be fine doing their own thing. Oh, yeah. Look, PSC is a very single-minded company, and it shouldn't have come as much of a surprise to AUB that PSC didn't so much want a bigger slice of the cake as all the cake and the chocolate icing, while AUB could have the plate. Anyway, the resulting capital raising by AUB did demonstrate there's still plenty of enthusiasm for insurance in the capital markets. So that was a good sign. What well, other news, John? Brokers are upset about CGU dropping commissions from crop cover. What can you tell us about this story? Yes, we started hearing from brokers about this issue last week. That They'd just been told the commission on CGU's crop cover is going to be cut from 20% to zero from July the 1st. And the brokers are not happy about that for obvious reasons. CGU says it's a necessary step if they are to keep offering the product. And everyone wants them to keep offering the product because there aren't that many that do. 
this line of business, CGU says, is particularly exposed to the impact of natural catastrophes. And we've had a few of those in recent years. So it's all, you know, understandable. But brokers feel that this is just a bit too drastic. Why not cut the commissions from 20% to 10% or even 5%, they say, rather than zero. And they really feel like they should have had a longer lead-in time as well. Are there any other insurance products that are sold through brokers that have 0% commission? I don't think there are. I can't think of any, but there are bound to be some somewhere. And certainly it's something that over the years insurers have talked about to brokers just to frighten them, I think. Well, this is tough for brokers, Terry, but I guess it's better than CGU walking away from crop altogether. Oh, look, the idea of dropping commissions on difficult products, as I said, it it has been talked before over the years by insurers, and I, I guess it's happened before, although I can't recall when. If any of our audience could enlighten me, please get in touch. I just hope insurers don't get the idea from this that working this way is an okay way to work with other products or an effective way to carry on a relationship with brokers. Look, they'll say dropping commissions has made the product cheaper for the customer, but that's not really it. it I doubt very much whether the, they're going to be offering the product at, at a lower price. The broker is going to have to charge a fee for service, which means the customer is, is actually going to pay more overall than they did before. Or maybe the broker's expected to do do the deal anyway to retain the client. I I really don't know what they're thinking. Another perspective really on all this is it's an example of the way the market and distribution in particular is, is evolving quite rapidly in different directions. There's new approaches like parametrics, new competitors in the broking space, new technology driven distribution opportunities and so on. So we're going to have a few surprises along the way as things develop. But really, after brokers have finally won official support for commissions, it's a bit surprising to see a big insurer like CGU cancelling commissions on a product that's, you know, yeah, okay, it's probably not profitable at the moment. But not so much surprising for the deed, I guess, as for the manner in which it was done. I just wonder whether take it or leave it was really the best and only option that that CGU could come up with. Well, the ICA has put forward its thoughts on the future of cyber, Benice. How does it see things developing? Tough in one word, if that's the right word. So ICA CEO Andrew Hall was uh, speaking at a cyber conference in Sydney, and he's basically saying that uh, businesses have no time to lose as uh, cyber threats worsen and basically is trying to prod the government to uh, act faster. Business leaders across the country, he says, must understand their cyber risks and prepare for an attack. And when attacks occur, um, the government needs to be able to provide the necessary assistance. He wants the government to, you know, clean up the uh, patchwork of laws, policies, et cetera, that's, you know, um, confusing uh, businesses on what what are, what are the obligations. And at the same time, um, he, he wants more support from the government uh, in uh, to, to address the cyber protection gap. He says insurers basically can't manage it on their own. There are limitations to insurers' risk appetite. So, and he says the industry is ready to work with the government on a public private response to the cyber protection gap. Basically, he, he wants the government to speed up its uh, response. Yep. Well, payment of ransoms got another mention, didn't it, John? Yes, it did. As we know, this issue gets talked about a, a, an awful lot. 
and it's not going away. We know the theory that insurers shouldn't make it easy for victims to pay ransoms by reimbursing their clients. And if ransom payments were outlawed, it would cut the motivation for those who carry out these attacks. But Mr. Hall says the ugly truth is that sometimes paying a ransom is uh, gives a business the best chance of survival. While understanding that paying a ransom guarantees nothing, we're dealing with quite untrustworthy people here, access to digital assets can be absolutely critical. So Mr. Hall says banning ransom payments would cut the ability of firms to recover and likely drive reporting of attacks and payments underground. Well, Wendy, the third and final part of a mammoth review of Strider Insurance has been published. What did it find and what's going to happen? Yeah, this is the review undertaken by John Trowbridge. It was commissioned by Steadfast. So, you know, the first phase looked at transparency and disclosure. The second, remuneration. And the third phase finishes the inquiry with a look at capacity constraints. So this final report also wraps things up. And it says there's some progress on improved disclosure of how strata managers and brokers are paid. And while there's no real appetite to change the remuneration arrangements, at least if owners understand what's going on, they're in a better position to make judgments on whether they're getting value for money. On capacity, it suggests a collaborative approach involving insurers, underwriting agencies, brokers, brokers, strata managers and and owners corporations to to see what steps can be taken. But it, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of easy solutions. Do you think this has been a useful exercise, Terry? Yeah, I do. When you look at the the depth and, and the reach that, that John Trowbridge achieved in compiling this study, you have to applaud Steadfast for taking it on and paying to carry it through to completion. It's been a great exercise exposing really just how strata insurance is much more complex than it looks on top with an equally complex way of slicing up the premium pie to feed people like property managers who probably shouldn't even be at the table. So let's see what happens next. I can't imagine Steadfast and CHU commissioned this without some conclusion and way to use it in mind. Well, finally, Benice, a long-running saga has come to the end after AMP was punished for taking life insurance premiums from dead people. Yeah, indeed, the saga is finally ending. So the uh, federal court finally delivered its uh, judgment last week, penalizing AMP twenty four million. So the for for deducting life premiums and advice fees from the super accounts of more than two thousand customers who have died. And what was so shocking about the conduct was uh, AMP was informed the clients have passed away, but the business continued to charge the dead customers. This happened in the period, I mean, the few years uh, between uh, May twenty fifteen and August. 2019. So more than half a million was deducted from the uh, deceased uh, customers. This was exposed during the Hain Royal Commission hearings in 2018 and ASIC then followed up and took action against AMP. So uh, the judge said the lack of oversight um, was part of the problem and basically the culture of AMP at that time um, assumed no systemic issues, hence that, that there was no internal processes in place that were capable of, you know, investigating, identifying, and remediating uh, this uh, systemic issues. So basically, the $24 million was imposed on AMP Life and AMP Financial Planning. With AMP Life, it has to pay $18 million, but AMP Life has since been sold, by, sold to Resolution Life, but uh, the fine would be paid for by AMP uh, Group. 
Yep. Well, I was going to make a reference to punk aficionados, Dead Kennedys on that, but probably the best for the industry that we move on from this one now, John. Yes, I think so. We listened to a lot of those hearings in 2018 from the Hain Royal Commission. We did a live blog. So, yeah, I can recall pr- pretty clearly the, the headlines from this particular incident. It's probably the most shocking headline to come out of the, the hearings, along with along with a, a life insurer giving the hard sell to a a young man with with Down syndrome. That was probably the only one that rivaled it. But um, yeah, we've said before that um, people people reading these headlines don't really distinguish between life insurance, general insurance. They just see an insurer acting in a rather unpleasant way and, and it tars the whole insurance industry, I think. So yeah, very good that this has been now dealt with and sort of five years down the line, we can finally move on and, and hopefully hopefully put it behind us and never repeat that kind of behavior again. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, John Deeks, Wendy Pugh, Bernice Han and Terry McGon. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.